Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 51, Some of All Thrills. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. Hey, Pete, how you doing tonight? And Tom. How you doing? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and then let's do Disney. So I want to apologize. I was sick last week. I was dying. I was in bed. We couldn't record. These guys tried to drag me out of bed, but it just didn't happen. It was it was pretty rough. And again, I blame my child. She gave it to me. So, so tonight we are going to talk about thrill rides at Disney World. Before we get into that, one thing I want to talk about. We had a listener write into us with an experience that I think is uh, is worth sharing. And uh, this comes from Donald's other nephew on Twitter. And I know we had talked about scary moments at Disney World. And, and one of the moments that we talked about was riding the Haunted Mansion by yourself. And it's something that, that very rarely happens. But it did happen to Donald's other nephew. Uh, he said that he, it was on his birthday. It was about 11.50 p.m. during Extra Magic Hours. And he was all by himself. He, after riding Haunted Mansion a couple of times, he got back in line right before midnight. So right before the park closed, he was the only one in the queue. That this is sounds creepy. creepy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking about all the different aspects of the queue, especially when you get in the, the stretching room. I would hate to be in there with just a few people or alone, uh, especially at night. I mean, I would hate to be alone anywhere in the Haunted Mansion. You know, it's it's silly, fu- it's silly scary, right? So it's... It's Disney's take on a haunted house. So it's it's not super scary, but imagine being in the Haunted Mansion by yourself. Well, so no, af- after this, I actually started thinking about, like, are there any other humans just in the Haunted Mansion in general? I think the only person is the cemetery, like, graveyard shift guy. I, don't, I can't remember his name right now, but he's the only alive person in the Haunted Mansion except for Donald's other nephew. I mean, you would have the cast members at the start. You talking like that? Well, he said the cast member like said, "Hey, I'm going to ride with you," and then right before the very first corridor, the cast member hopped out of the the ride vehicle. You'd still have the cast members at the end helping you get out of the ride vehicle, but yes, for, so. for the most part, you don't have very many. Yeah, not a whole lot of human involvement in that. So definitely a creepy time, and I I don't know. I don't know that that a lot of people are going to have the opportunity to do this by themselves. Matt, I think back to the the villains event that we went to riding Tower of Terror. We were there were not that many people riding Tower of Terror with us during that event. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll be I'll be real, Pete. Like, I wasn't completely comfortable during that that ride experience. <laughs> well, and the cast members sold it too, right? Uh, they always do, but yeah. So, I mean, you know, like when you like you're on your own Tower of Terror, and you know you're in that that pre like the video room, like the pre ride room, and there's only like three, four other people in the cast member, and the cast members in complete control of the entire room, whether there's thirty people or whether there's five people, but it was terrifying. No, it definitely was. So if you get the if you get the chance to do it, do it. One of the probably one of the scariest experiences you can have uh, at Disney World. Anyway, thank you for sending that in. We uh, we do appreciate it. We always love to hear from you guys. Tom, let's roll into the news. We've got a lot to make up from, from this week and last week. We do. <clears throat> so we'll just dive right in with 
with Epcot. Starting here, it looks like new perks for annual pass holders at the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival have been announced. Disney announced that there will be several perks available for pass holders uh, planning to stop by the International Food and Wine Festival this fall. All right, sounds like you can get a complimentary Chef Mickey pass holder magnet on the first visit of the year uh, and a pass holder exclusive cutting board on the fourth visit. So in order to receive these gifts, I, I believe pass holders need to stop by the Festival Center and check in at a special booth near the uh, Girardelli display. Another perk, pass holders will have early access to Epcot uh, from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on select Thursdays during the, the event and be among the first to purchase pass holder exclusive merchandise at the Festival Center or Mouse Gear. I believe you can also purchase mimosas from the Festival Center as well. This perk will be available on August 30th, uh, so this upcoming Thursday, September 20th, and October 18th. All in all, I think pretty good get for, for being a pass holder. Um, the, the cutting board is nice on your fourth visit. I would imagine with as popular as the Food and Wine Festival is, you know, living in that area, it's probably pretty easy to get down, uh, get, get down to Disney World. You know, pretty uh, pretty regularly. Moving over to Magic Kingdom, <clears throat> looks like Mickey's Not So Scary Party has kicked off. Yeah, believe it. It's it's August twenty sixth, and they've already had their first first one, and it was a sellout. Uh, I I know that you know that they, they don't change much from year to year. Uh, however, they do have um, some some slight changes to certain track attractions. They have a new dance party and a few character swaps at the Booty You Parade. Uh, they still have the Hallowishes uh, and Villain Spectacular shows. Uh, they're identical to years past. How weird is this? It, it's August. It's, and- it's it's crazy to me that it's 105 degrees outside and the and the uh, Halloween decorations are already up at Disney World. Well, haven't I mean I think Tom said it, but they've sold out for not just like the first night. They've sold out for everything. No, I, I know they sold out. Typically, yeah, they, I don't know that they've sold out for any other nights except the first night. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was just the first night, and from what I read, it it didn't sell out until like two hours before the event. People were people were buying tickets two hours before the event, and you kind of expect it on the first night and the last night to be a sellout, right? Yeah, that, that's kind of when we did the very merry Christmas party. It sold out a few hours before the event started. At you know that that evening, uh, and I and I'll tell you in my experience of being there for a sellout, still you got it's pretty. Pretty limited entry. I mean, we still rode what we wanted to ride, and you know, you feel you feel more people when you go in, in near the character meet and greets or to any of the uh, you know treats or, or perks they have. You do see a larger crowd, but all in all, it's a big park. So it is a big park, and and I want to kind of compare and contrast as we've done in the past, not to scary and very merry to the annual pass holder VI pass holder day, there is a lot of other stuff taking guests away from the rides for not so scary and for very merry. So even if it is a sellout event, not everybody's going to be on the rides. There's going to be people doing the character meet and greets. There's going to be people doing the trick or treating. So the the queues are not going to be near as long as they would a sold out day at magic kingdom. So even if, even if the, the night that you've chosen does end up selling out, it's still definitely worth it to go. Now, moving over to Hollywood Studios here, uh, it looks like Early Morning Magic will be coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh, it's been available for a few years at Magic Kingdom. and It's an upcharge event, essentially. Uh, it looks like they're going to offer it now at Hollywood Studios beginning September 17th. So we'll have a little bit of time before it, before it gets here. But unlike the Magic Kingdom version, which allows guests to access several rides before the park opens, the Early Morning Magic at Hollywood Studios will only offer access to Toy Story Land attractions. 
So I think that's really important to understand. You're only going to get one segment of of the park. You're not going to do Tower of Terror, Star Tours, or Rock and Roller Coaster. Uh, you're just going to have access to Toy Story Land. Uh, it looks like the upcharge event will be it'll take place on select Mondays and Wednesdays from 7:30 a.m. to 8:45 a.m. So you have about a, about an hour in the area, and then it'll also include breakfast. I think it's like yogurt, fruit, pastries, uh, avocado toast. Actually, I think I read fried chicken. Uh, maybe some other things, and that'll be available until 10 a.m. Again, this is an upcharge event, so the the cost is $79 plus tax for adults uh, and $69 plus tax for children. Theme park admission is required for this event, not included in the ticket price. So, you know, we've we've hit on like a, a trick way to get into Magic Kingdom today is just buy a not so scary ticket. You don't have to have theme park uh, ticket admission. Here you would. I'm gonna be honest. That area is not a big area. Where they have Toy Story Land, you have three attractions. You have Slinky Dog Dash, Alien Swirling Saucers, and Toy Story Mania. Uh, I know there will be some character meet and greets in there as well with Woody, Jesse, and Buzz Lightyear. But I'm not. I, I'm not totally sure this is this would be worth it for for my money. You're already spending park admission. If you followed, um, you know, any of the app and, and activity, you can get fast passes in this area. You can go to Hollywood Studios and do all three attractions in a day. So I don't know if if, if eighty dollars is if that's how I'd want to spend my eighty dollars. But you know, certainly if, if Toy Story Land is a huge deal to you and you want to save your fast passes for other things, maybe it's worth it. But again, there, there's only a, a handful of attractions in Hollywood Studios. So and and not only that, it's an hour. You're not getting a whole lot of extra time. So yeah, I, I'm on the same page as you. I don't I don't think I'm doing this. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how it works. I mean. I think part of the reason Magic Kingdoms has been successful is because it, it's the entire park, and Magic Kingdom has a lot to do. You can go to Magic Kingdom and not get fast passes to do everything you want to do. I did it my last trip there. But Hollywood Studios in, in today, you're, you can do anything you want to do pretty much in a day there. So if you, if you go or, or you've thought about going or or you've uh, heard anything about it in, in September, certainly let us know, and we'll, we'll uh, you know check in with it and see what we can find out once this gets kicked off. Uh, another piece of news in Hollywood Studios Looks like Pluto's temporarily moving to a new location. Uh, this actually started last week. Uh, I, I know you've been able to find him in the animation courtyard. I think he's going to move over to Commissary Lane, which I've seen him in Commissary Lane as well. So I, I'm not sure. I think they're doing some some maintenance to the regular area he's in. He'll move back after that maintenance is done. Just anybody character hunting. Not sure if they have it marked in the programs or not, but I did did see that piece of news. Now, moving over to some general news, which is where the bulk of our news comes from this week. Looks like plastic lids and straws, as we mentioned, are being phased out at Disney. I did want to circle back on, I know we've talked about the straws a good bit, but it looks like now, beginning at select restaurants, they will be rolling out uh, this upcoming week. You will see a change that all cold beverages are served without a straw or lid. Uh, Unconfirmed reports indicate that Disney could have a straw kit for sale for those who, who prefer to have reusable options for their beverages, but... They're taking this pretty seriously. And if I had a frozen beverage, I really would want something, you know, a straw or something. <laughs> you know, I, I think about we just did Epcot uh, and had straws uh, everywhere. But again, that was before this news came out. So also looks like Disney has extended the pet program indefinitely at current resorts. Does not plan to expand uh, for, for just a refresher. Last October, Disney World shocked a lot of folks. Uh, they allowed guests to stay on four of the resorts on property hotels. It was the Yacht Club, Port Orleans, Riverside, Art of Animation, and the cabins at Disney Fort Wilderness. Looks like they are continuing with that. Uh, I think it's 50 to 75 per night on top of the hotel fees to accommodate your pet. You do get a guest welcome kit for the pet. 
Uh, and it looks like at one point, cast members were being told that they would do away with this program, but I guess Disney's making money on it. It's not too big of a nuisance. People really do enjoy traveling with their pets, so uh, I'm sure that'll continue continue rolling on. Uh, it looks like Disney's also trying to improve their theme park arrival experience with a new project. Uh, it looks like Disney's working on a multi-year program designed to improve the arrival experience at all Walt Disney World theme parks. Disney's looking at improving everything from roadways to parking lots, security checkpoints, walkways. Overall goal, to improve guest satisfaction. I don't know that there's a specific timetable around this, but it does look like guests going to Disney's Hollywood Studios will be the first to see this project in action with new roadways and redesigned entrances. This is probably long overdue. And then with with um, you know Galaxy's Edge around the corner, probably a good time to, to take a look at this and make sure that you know, they, they can accommodate all the guests that will be coming. Two last pieces of news. Looks like there's a new restaurant announced for the Caribbean Beach Resort. Uh, Full-service eatery shutters closed last year, which they actually had a cupcake I believe my wife really liked. But it looks like they will be doing a uh, reopening restaurant, Sebastian's Bistro. It'll be a Little Mermaid-themed restaurant. We'll offer a menu that blends Latin and Caribbean flavors. Don't know if it's going to be a character meal, but it looks like Disney's targeting a 2019 opening but again, no official announcement. And the last piece of news, the My Disney Experience app gets a new feature. We've had several upgrades uh, over the last few months. And I think Disney really is trying to make this app as user-friendly as possible. And it looks, now, it looks like now they've added a buy merchandise button. You can basically buy merchandise through the uh, Shop Disney Parks app. I mean, what else can they add to this? I don't, they're clearly, they're, they're capturing the whole phone market because they have the other app like where the you check in for badges and games at Disney World throughout the park. I mean, there I, I love it. I'm sure that'll con- they will continue to add different things to it. But I'm I don't know. I mean, it seems like they've thought of everything. Yeah, I mean, fast passes, dining reservations, mobile ordering, merchandise, check in. I mean, your entire schedule. I mean, your entire daily schedule is in there. It's it's fantastic, and it, it's just it's changed how you do Disney so much. Yep. Think I mean, think back to ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I, I I I get a little Disney magic by just looking at the app. Some days when I'm just like, oh, I wonder what's going on at Disney World. You kind of get a feel for crowd levels. It's I don't know. I love it. I'm sure they're going to continue to add things. To me, the buy merchant. I know they have the standalone shop Disney Parks app, but the buy merchandise button is just that seems like it should would have been there from the get go. Knowing Disney, yeah, you would, you would think so. But you would think so. That is it. That was a lot of news, but that is it for the news. All right. Well, let's. Pause for just a minute to hear from our sponsors before we roll into our main topic. Destinations with Character Travel Agency is your one-stop shop for Disney vacations, cruises, and more. With clients ranging from the magic makers of Hollywood to the business executives of New York to families from all over the U.S., people trust the travel consultants of Destinations with Character to make their magical dreams a reality with the patience, care, and attention to detail they deserve. With over 50 years of experience in Disney and worldwide travel, are over 30 travel consultants trained to give the best prices and service possible. Destinations with Character has the tools to make the difference for you. Find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation. Simply contact them to let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel, making dream vacations come true every single day. Visit their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com. And be sure to tell them that the Men Do WDW podcast sent you. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. 
You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started on our main topic. Again, we're going to talk about thrill rides at Disney World. And I think there's enough that each of us can have our own top five. Oh, I got my top five ready. I don't know about you guys. All right, well, well let's just go through them. You guys want to do them in order? You want to do kind of no particular order? How do you want to do this? We can throw them out there. Yeah, throw them out there. Throw them darts. Let's just throw them out there. Okay, so each of us, each of us are going to take five. So I'll go first. How about that? Let's let's roll. All right. So one for me is probably one of like my very earliest Disney memories. But so I went to Disney when you know Hollywood Studios just kind of became a thing, and Star Tours was like the first virtual reality jolty moving thing I'd ever done, and it was the coolest thing in the world. So that's my number one thrill ride for this list. But it's really number five. You know, Star Tours, I definitely would categorize this as a thrill ride. Um, it's it's a little it's herky jerky. I mean, I think now where technology is, it may be a little bit dated, but I mean, I get it. I mean, that is definitely a memory of my childhood, and and the cool thing they've done now is where they can kind of change the the clip and randomize the ride, and it's still popular. Now, I will say. Star Tours has uh, Star Tours has taken a hit from when Toy Story Land opened. That the wait time's down to 10, 15 minutes now, which is well worth Star Tours in my opinion. Which is phenomenal. I, I love Star Tours. I love these motion simulator rides. Body Wars was another one that was at Disney World. Star Tours was always the original Star Wars ride at Disney World. I mean it was the only Star Wars you had at Disney World for a long, long time. Another, I mean, you're right. You say you love the ride. There, I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've been to Hollywood Studios in my life and not ridden Star Tours. And you're right with that. With with having the Star Wars reference, you know, in this attraction, the the theming around it is really really good as well. You do actually feel like you're, you know, in Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, the queue is phenomenal. I I can't tell you how many times that I've had to like slide past people that are in the queue that are taking pictures or whatever, not only inside, but outside too. Yeah. I was actually going to say outside was, was probably the highlight for me. Yeah. Well, and then you, you go inside, you, you go into, I mean, it looks like a spaceship, right? Yep. Now, one of the cool things too about Star Tours that I have never been fortunate enough to see, but when you walk into the gift shop, so you're leaving the attraction, there's like a, like a door to the right. Well, sometimes Darth Vader will just stand in there. It's- okay, so Darth Vader, there used to be an like a Darth Vader statue that, that was there. When you get off the ride, you walk down the ramp, and yep. then you turn around and walk back. Yep. So when the ramp makes the U-turn there, Darth Vader used to be right there. Well, now, I know there's been times where he actually, the character has been 
moving around through the attraction. Okay, I've never seen that, but there did used to be a Darth Vader. I don't know. I don't know if you called a statue, but there was a Darth Vader in a little grate right there, right before you made the turn into the gift shop. Well, if if maybe it's just a myth that the actual character went inside the attraction at times, but if if it did happen, that would be a, a massive highlight for me. I'm going to take the next one, Pete, and we're going to stay with kind of the simulation. Um, I'm going to go Flight of Passage. I do think this is a thrill ride. I, I guess you could argue one way or the, the other. The number one ride in the entire world right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's it to me it's the best ride at Disney World. Uh, from just a you know I, I have favorites for different reasons, but this is probably the most technologically advanced. You know, it's thrilling. It's it's something out of this world you've never done before. Well, and and it's the only ride at Disney World that I've heard people get off of in tears. Yeah, I mean, I've it, I, again, and I've shared this in in the Tom Does Disney, the first one, because uh, I didn't do Animal Kingdom last trip. But yeah, people in mine were clapping. They were wow, oh my gosh, best ride I've ever been on. Can we do it again? I mean, it was. So this is definitely a thrill ride for me. This is a, what I think Star Tours could be if they ever wanted to soup it back up and. <laughs> and bring bring the updated technology to the simulation. Yeah, and, and I think that the Millennium Falcon ride in Galaxy's Edge is, is going to be this. I was going to say the same thing. I was going to say from some of the concept art and what I've read about it, the Millennium Falcon ride, and it's all speculation now because nobody knows, but it'll, I think it'll be just as immersive, just as mind-blowing, and, and really it's going to have that. It's going to pull on people's heartstrings because Star Wars, the Star Wars franchise is so much bigger than Avatar. Exactly. And and that that's going to make all the difference. You're going to be flying the Millennium Falcon compared to riding on a Banshee. I mean, don't get me wrong. Love to ride on a Banshee. But when I think back to childhood fantasies, flying the Millennium Falcon is a little bit higher on the list than riding on a Banshee. Absolutely. I mean, what kid didn't have a Millennium Falcon toy yeah. that they just flew around the entire Yeah, house? exactly. Yep. Exactly. All right. So for my first one, I'm going to go to to a a very new ride at Magic Kingdom, and that is Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. While this is definitely not the most thrilling roller coaster at Magic Kingdom or at Disney World, it's it, it's still thrilling. And and what gets me about this ride is the fact that the the logs rock back and forth. I love this feature about this ride. I'm a pretty big guy, so me fitting into these uh, me fitting into this ride is a little is a little tough. The seats are not made for two grown adults, in my opinion. We, we, we've made it work. I mean, I think Mindu Disney Trip, we did this ride at least twice that day. But at, at least twice. And it's, look, there's no big drop. But, but if you think about Disney roller coasters, none of them really have a big drop, right? Everest. <clears throat> Everest is the only one that comes to mind. But, but it's not even really a big drop. I mean, it's big for Disney World it's a little. It's a little dip, and then you go down and around in kind of a circle. I mean, I think it's I think it's a fifty foot drop. I think same size as, as Splash Mountain. But anyway, no big drop. But but I think this is a thrill ride, and it's it's still a fun ride. And and look, the wait time is still ninety minutes plus. It's a good indication of of it being a really popular thrill ride. And thrill maybe thrill ride's not the exact definition I would use to describe the ride. But I agree. I mean, there's a thrilling aspect to it. Again, this is one that it's a franchise that everyone knows. I mean it. You see, you have all the characters that everyone knows and loves from Snow White. It's suitable for a family, which is is Disney's goal in most cases to be a family friendly experience. And it's, I mean, it's one of my favorite rides at Disney. And not only that, if this is the direction that Disney's going to go when they remove old rides and put in new rides, so you know they got rid of Snow White Scary Adventures to put Seven Dwarfs Mine Train in. If this is the direction that Disney's going to go, I'm I'm okay with that. 
So I'm gonna go next. I'm gonna go with a. Um, so I did Star Tours first. I'm gonna go Soren right now. I think Soren is the definition of a thrill ride because every sense that you have is exploited on this ride. Like the sense of falling, the smell. I mean, maybe not touch, but you know, you're you're flying well above the ground. And I think this ride just hits on a lot of different things that just make you get excited. You know, going through the world, like you can, I think it fits well in Epcot just for that reason, because you're flying across wherever you are, whatever Soren's doing nowadays, but you know, you fly over like really cool stuff. What do y'all think? So, so not, not a typical thrill ride, but, but I agree. I'm on board with this. It, It definitely makes you feel like you are doing something that you're not. You know, I mean, literally, you're being lifted up in a theater and you're watching a movie. I've never hang glided. Have y'all? No, no, I, I haven't. And and literally, if you if you boil this down to its most basic premise, you're being lifted up in a theater and you're watching a movie. But but it certainly doesn't feel like that. I, I would have to agree that it's a thrill ride. Having ridden Flight of Passage, that's a better version of Soren from the thrilling aspect. But Soren has its place, and it's another one of those attractions you go to. You get Epcot, you you don't miss. Uh, it's one of my favorites there. It's really popular still, and it gives you the sensation. Because I mean, yeah, Pete, you're right. I mean, you you get lifted up into a seat, and you are looking at a movie screen. There's no way it should feel the way it feels. But Disney has has done a really good job of you know ride operation, and you you really you you feel the sensation of hang gliding through uh, through soaring around the world. So. I agree. I like it. Um, this I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw another one out there for, for my second. I know we're not doing it in order, so another thrill ride. And this one we're gonna have to get. We're gonna have to really think because it may not be thrown to some people. But Pirates of the Caribbean is where I'm going. I think it has some aspects to make it a thrill ride. One being that it's dark. One, it is a water ride, and two, there's a drop in it that you do get wet on now. Yeah, I think the drop that like getting wet now. I think that's like it qualifies as a thrill ride immediately. Because that's like the very first thing that you do, and then you kind of and it, yeah, and it's a it's a slow moving boat ride for the most part, but there are thrilling scenes. You know, there's you know pirates raiding a city. There are pirate ships shooting cannons. Uh, there is a drop. There's a little creepy eeriness to it at the beginning, where you hear the you know dead men tell no tales and kind of like a ghost voice. There's a lot of mist. You see. You see Davy Jones in the mist. So, I mean, as a little guy, you, you, you know, a smaller child would be a little scared on this, I would imagine. Or at least I can remember I was. And then it's thrilling because it has Pete's favorite scent. So, But not only that, you, you go through a battle between two, uh, two, two pirate ships, right? I mean, leaving completely leaving out the drop. And then, of course, Matt's favorite scene. Well, that's not a scene anymore. Yeah, it used to be. A she's still there. I mean, she's still. She is still there. She's, she's a pirate. A pirate now. Now. Yeah, she's a pirate now. And if if you don't know what we're referring to, we're referring to the redhead that was once on the opposite side of the pirates. We'll put it like that. I, I mean, I think this is a little bit of a reach, but I get on board with that. Well, I know you have a reach, so I'll wait for that. I'll wait to c- call you out on your reach. No, let's 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 go for it right now. So. Let's let's talk about my reach. My my next one is the teacups. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Look, the teacups are so thrilling. If you were with the right the right people in your teacup, because you can get those things going fast. This is I don't like the teacups because I don't I don't want to throw up, and I always think I'm going to be so dizzy I'll throw up. I can I, I can confirm that Pete and one of the other guys on our trip last time uh, we went 
I thought their teacup was going to spin off the, the, the attraction. And it was probably one of the most thrilling things that we did at Magic Kingdom that day. This is another thing that's not built for, for bigger people. Because my wife and I, and she is not a very big person at all, uh, we, we rode this attraction. And I struggled by myself getting in the teacup. You know, six foot three, it doesn't work well, those little tiny teacups. Yeah, the space is kind of limited in there. Well, Tom, I got a question. Was it you or your wife that was spinning the teacup? Because you're looking kind of skinny nowadays. <laughs> we did not spin the tea. We we she wanted to get in the teacups, and the rule the, the kind of promise was, "Hey, we won't spin it." So so you get so you guys didn't spin the teacups at all. But if you don't if you don't you know try to hold the wheel, it'll start spinning naturally. You know, it, it does have a little bit of a mechanism that starts spinning you. And I always had my hands back, and I'm said. You know, why are we spinning? So I actually had to hold the wheel to stop us from spinning at all. So so you defeated the whole purpose of the ride, pretty much. Correct. I respect you less as a person now. Well, <laughs> I respect you less because you put the teacups as one of your top five thrill rides at Disney I, World. I love the teacups. No trip to Disney is complete without the, the teacups, and it's definitely a thrill ride. I can't remember the last time I did the teacups. You're missing out. <laughs> What's your next one? <laughs> He said, he said, move on. New question. Um, so the next one for me is the Tower of Terror. I, I mean, if we're talking thrill rides, I mean, like we talked about earlier, Pete, you know, being on that attraction when there's not a lot of people there, but even being in a full house, you get on that ride and it starts with the pre-ride sequence. So you watch the video and you go to the boiler rooms. And then I just think that it makes you feel like you're in a hotel the entire time. And it feels like you're dropping from the top story of the hotel, I don't know, seven times, eight times. They they mix it up every time, but it's it's great. This is this is a thrill ride. This is a thrill. Yeah. This is by every ounce anyone's definition. No one would not consider this a thrill ride. This is one of my favorite rides at Disney World. That's why I'm so passionate. This is a great, great ride, and I cannot. And I think this is like the, the difference between like you know you go to I don't know like any other theme park in the world. You do like a roller coaster during daytime. Like, you're still scared if you do Tower of Terror during the daytime because, like, it doesn't feel like it's it's day until you see the, the door open. You're like, oh, my gosh, this isn't, you know, midnight. I recently, we had our company picnic at a, at a theme or an amusement park, a local amusement park, and they have a tower that, that you drop. And it, it literally takes you up and drops you. That's all there is to it. That's not real exciting. But this ride manages to, to take that concept and completely change it and you know by by adding the backstory by adding the whole ride through by adding the the pre-ride show it just it just makes that concept something so much greater i was i was right there with you pete i, I was going to say the same thing i actually spoke with someone this this last week who went to universal and they mentioned that they had one of those and i haven't been to universal in years so any of our listeners who go you could probably tell me what the ride is and where is it is it like dr doom or something i don't I don't remember. I know Doctor. I've ridden Doctor Doom, but I think that was maybe like Carowinds or something. But anyway, anywho, it basically is the concept Pete's referring to. It takes straight up, drops you down. And the guy said it just wasn't fun. You know, my his kids and him did it. He kind of compared it to Tower of Terror. And he's like, it's the same attraction, but it's so much better. And so Disney's done a great job with this attraction, and they've done a great job from what I've read in Disneyland with the Guardians of the Galaxy themed. You know, I don't want them to take our Tower of Terror at Disney World, but it is a really, really, really fun attraction that if. Uh, it does. It, it kind of disorients you a little bit because you are in the hotel now. Moving, uh, moving along again. We're getting more into, tra- into the traditional thrill rides, in my opinion. Now, 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to Animal Kingdom, and I'm gonna say dinosaur. I wrote it on my last, I guess, two trips ago in December, and it definitely it was more thrilling than I remembered it being. You get jerked all around. It's dark. Things pop out at you. It really is. I mean, I think it's a better attraction than I gave it credit for. And on the plus side, there's enough things to do in Animal Kingdom where you can get a you can get a fast pass for this, at pr- with a pretty reasonable. You know, it's not like a. 1 p.m. You get an 8 p.m. fast pass. You can get one probably within the next two hours if you if you don't want to wait. So that's another good thrill ride if you're in if you're in Animal Kingdom. I I I can't find any fault with this. It's it, it to me it never gets old. If I were to ride it three, four, five times on a trip, it would probably get old. But you know the the first time you go back and you ride it, it's it's fresh again. It's kind of one of those things too because it is dark. You see something different. Then you saw maybe like you don't remember seeing from the last time. Now, what will be interesting is when they turn this into Indiana Jones and change the entire dinosaur theme of the park. But it'll still be thrilling because it's the same track Indiana Jones has. So, Yeah, I mean, again, I think the only way they could improve this ride would be to make it Indiana Jones. Is that really happening? I mean, I... No, I mean, it's it, it, it wouldn't fit. It wouldn't fit where it is in Animal Kingdom. There's always speculation. So, so probably not going to happen, but I but we can dream, right? You guys got me pretty excited there. Like I was listening. I was like, "That sounds good." I think it uh, could I mean, that sounds good. I'm, dinosaur has its own merits. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it scares the crap out of me every time. I think it could happen, Pete. We'll see. Let me just call Joe Rody up. I think I think yeah. I've got him on speed dial. Let me just give him a ring. There you go. See what see what he's got to say. All right. So for my next one, I'm going to go with Mission Space. Obviously not the tame mission space that Tom rode last time that he was at Disney. That was, not, is, that was not by choice. That was by group vote. This and is full-on spinning mission space. Thrilling. I, I think that this ride is, is very underrated. And, and you can see that just by the wait times. There's never a wait for this ride. And, and I guess the reason for that is that it's literally exactly the same every single time that you ride on it. I think if that if they were to change it up a little bit, make the missions vary a little bit every time, that this ride would be 100% better. You know, I think a couple things, and we've talked about this in past episodes. One, this ride took a huge PR hit when there was, you know, someone passed away shortly after riding Mission Space. Uh, so that, it definitely has a negative feel to it. And then two, I think they could update the inside of the ride vehicles. You know, the joysticks are really loose now. Buttons can could be cleaned up a little bit. And then the last point, I agree. I think it, it's still a really good ride, but if they were to do something where the either there's like a, a pass fail or you grade on how you do in the mission or you they change the mission, because if, if they had some sort of a, a way to quantify your performance, I think people would try to improve how they do. Or if they had different missions, you know, maybe I've done missions A, B, and C, but I've never done mission E, you know, I'm going to ride it and see if I get lucky. So... Yeah, I'd have to. I'd, I mean, the only thing when they when they changed, they did the less intense side, and that is a different video than the more intense side. So that would be the only change. And I've done the less intense side, and it really, it's like, like I think I texted Pete uh, or or Matt or somebody when I was getting off of it, and said it's just like sitting in a you know screen watching a movie. Regardless, this is something that I do every time I go to Disney World. I'm I'm never gonna miss it. So I think it deserves a place on this list just because of that. I'm gonna talk about the fastest ride in Disney World. Let's test track. This is my next Shocking. pick for my thrill ride. Tom, can we get through an episode without you talking about test track? Well, we've almost got through an episode without Pete talking about something else, but now it's been brought up and it's probably going to come out. It probably <laughs> so would have been, it probably would have been one of his. Stand up for a little bit longer. 
Yeah, it probably would have been his thrill ride. I mean, how can the fastest attraction in Disney World not be a thrill ride? It is. Okay, we've 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 had this conversation before. The only good part of Test Track is the end when you go on the speed test. I don't the know. rest of it is not thrilling at all. I enjoy testing my car around turns and through different climates. Well, I don't really do the climates anymore. Okay, but answer me this. If they were to just completely take the rest of that ride out and all you did was a speed test, would you still go on it? No, I enjoy the whole ride. I don't believe you. I had to think about how so I should answer So you enjoy that. like the bumpity bump, 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 bumpity bump, bump, bump. I enjoy everything about it. I enjoy the start to finish. I enjoy the queue. I enjoy designing my car. And I have a need for speed. And so here's my question. <laughs> Do you enjoy fast attractions? It depends. Yeah, the answer is yes. And Test Track's the fastest. All right, well, so, we're, we're going to get off this subject because Test Track... <laughs> but So let's, let's go to my next one, which is a much better ride than Test Track. It's also at Animal Kingdom, Expedition Everest. It's definitely faster. Whether this you feel it or ride, not, it's faster. This ride is a lot better than Test Track. And I would argue that this ride is the best roller coaster at Disney World. Well, Tom, I got a question. Does Test Track go backwards? Because this ride does. There's a lot of cool... Listen, Everest is a great ride. I think if I had to rank them, I'd probably choose Everest over Test Track. But again, we're doing top five thrill rides. Everest was already chosen. So I took the fastest ride in Disney World. However, does, I digress. Let me ask you this. Does does Test Track make you feel like you're kind of going upside down when you're going backwards in the dark? No, but Test Cause, Track cause does Expedition go Everest faster does. than any other ride at Disney World. So, so I got a question for like you. Like, if Test Track's really like testing a car's just general ability, why does it never go in reverse? <laughs> That's an excellent question. I don't know. We're, we're past Test question. Track. We're, we're on Everest right now. <laughs> I love everything about this ride. I love the queue. I love the ride itself. I wish the Yeti were a little bit scarier, but still love the Yeti. Well, you know what? They're I, fixing the Yeti, right? Well, is it right now? Eventually, or? they're going to fix it. Yeah, probably not till next year. But I, I really do. I think this is the best ride at Disney World, or the best roller coaster at Disney World. I think it's the smoothest ride in Disney World. I'll give you that. I think it's the smoothest ride, and I enjoy it. It is very smooth. It is very smooth. No complaints for me. I think this is a great, great ride. And I, you know, it's it is uh, probably the best roller coaster in Disney World. I'll give you that. So everybody, I kind of, I kind of just like played Pete for a fool here. When I said that his ride was the best roller coaster in Disney World, but we all know that Rock and Roller Coaster is actually the best roller coaster in Disney World. Pete even talked about, do you feel like you're going upside down when you go backwards? Well, on Rock and Roller Coaster, you do go upside down three times. You go zero to 60 in like, what, 2.7 seconds? I mean, Pete, does Everest have Aerosmith or not? Nah? I, no, it does not. I, and and I, I like Rock and Roller Coaster. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with Rock and Roller Coaster. And yeah, you do go from 0 to 60 really quickly. You do go upside down. For my money, I'm going, for my money, I'm going on Everest just because even if you're riding single rider, I feel like you're getting on Everest a lot quicker than you are Rock and Roller Coaster. And, and that probably speaks to the popularity of the rides. Well, then you also have you know Hollywood Studios where... You only have three rides there. Are you guys waiting for my comment on Rock and Roller Coaster? So we're waiting on here. I love Rock and Roller Coaster, and I'm almost regretting that I said Everest was the best roller coaster in Disney because I kind of forgot about this. It's another one. I mean, it's got a great start to it, and 
I mean, it's it's one of the most popular rides in Hollywood Studios by default, probably because there's only a few. So <laughs> do, do what you can. You go up, you, you do uh, you go upside down three different times. That's that's really neat. You do have Aerosmith. That's you know blaring in the background. So yeah, I've got no issue here. I am going to take it now to my favorite ride in Disney World though for for thrill rides. It's Space Mountain, and this one is that the is, ride that you you go 27 miles per hour on. Yeah, it's it's funny because you really don't have any big drops. You don't go very fast. But the but drops the on the, Space Mountain are better than Big Thunder. I'll give you that. The drops are sneaky. And the way that the whole attraction is constructed, you don't really know if you're going right, left, up, down. It's very herky-jerky. I absolutely love this attraction. I'll ride it as many times as you want. And the background music is super sweet, too. So you you agree that Everest and Rock and Roller Coaster are better roller coasters than Space Mountain? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I jumped the gun. Or maybe you somehow forgot about your favorite one when listening no, I, to I, other ones. I mean, I, I think that they are is, is the right answer there. I think that Space Mountain definitely has its place. And I think that I like Space Mountain more than Everest and Rock and Roller Coaster just because it's Space Mountain. I can I can dig that a little bit. Yeah, I can dig that because... But, uh, but I will admit that Rock and Roller Coaster and Everest are better roller coasters. You know what I like about like the other roller coasters? I can safely feel like I can put my hands in the air as I go down dips and I, I go through the roller coaster because, I mean, everyone's heard that urban legend. It's not true, but I still duck my head. No, I do, I do too. And I'm scared to put my hands up on Space Mountain because it feels like you are inches away from the track and you're not. Yikes. <laughs> I got the willies. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that there, it, it's something to do with... Look, you're in Space Mountain. Space Mountain is one of the first things that you see when you walk into Disney World, right? Rock and Roller Coaster doesn't have that. Everest kind of does a little bit, but Everest is kind of tucked way back in the back of Animal Kingdom. Space Mountain is just such an iconic part of, of Magic Kingdom. So it really doesn't matter that it's not that great of a roller yeah, coaster. Yeah, I mean, I think it could, be, it could be 15 miles per hour and I'd still go on it nonstop. <laughs> I mean, you remember when we were kids and there were like three hour lines? No, I, I, I remember. I remember the lines. And I remember being trapped underground and listening to the same music over and over again and it being miserable. Well, all right, so you might have another ride or are we moving on to the secret? No, let's talk about the best ride at Disney World. Splash Mountain. Before we move on to the secret. Thank you for stealing my thunder. It's obviously Splash Mountain. This is the best thrill ride at Disney World. And let me tell you why. This ride fakes you out so many times. It does. It, that first fake out too is great. And everybody thinks, oh, we're going down the big drop. Not realizing, hey, we didn't actually go up anywhere. Yep. Yeah, I, I think for my money, like this will be the best attraction at Disney until I'm at least 60. I don't know. I'm with you. I have nothing negative to say about Splash other than it gets too backed up. Yeah, I don't know if they've added more logs or what, uh, but it does get pretty backed up, and it's terrible when you get backed up next to the waterfall uh, on the right side. No complaints here. I mean, this is one of my favorite attractions at Disney World. The The first little drop where you, you go up the ramp to the left of the big drop, you turn right. People, you're right. They, they've been on a water ride at like a regular amusement park. It's like, okay, you just go up and down, and you have that little tiny drop, and everyone is uh, convinced that they're about to you know, plummet down into the briar patch. But I'm a big fan of this one, and I knew, 
you know, just as our listeners, if, if you've been a listener of any time, you knew that I probably was going to say Space Mountain and he was probably going to say Splash Mountain. Staying with the water ride theme, I do have a, an honorable mention that I'd like to throw out. As we were talking... Are we going to boo you for it? Well, no, we're talking about the need for speed. And while it is still true that Test Track is the fastest attraction, Summit Plummet's another one that's a burner. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. You go 60 or 65 miles an hour down Summit Plummet. And that that actually might be like the most intimidating water slide I've ever ridden in my entire life. Because I just knew I'd shoot off the edge. That's the most intimidating attraction at Disney World. Yeah, I would say so. And, you know, I wasn't even thinking about the water parks in in terms of that. But we could have thrown a couple of rides in there. Yep. Yeah, I, but yeah. Summit Summit Plummet is Summit Plummet is pretty intimidating. I mean, I can remember the first time, and and it's not a quick wait. So you're just you're getting higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher, and you then it's your turn, and everybody's like, "Go, <laughs> we want to get on the slide next." And and you know they they track your speed on. Well, they're it. actually scared, so they're trying to make sure someone else does it before them, so that person survives. I think you go down like three point. Three seconds or something like that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I can remember my. I was going so fast at one point. I was almost coming off the slide a little bit. So that's um, it's it's a really really thrilling ride. And that's unless anyone has another honorable mention, I did want to throw that out there when we were talking about Need for Speed at Disney World. Yeah, that's awesome. The the only other thing that we did want to note, Pete and I talked about this prior to the episode. Obviously, you didn't. We didn't have Slinky Dog Dash in any of the list. While it may be a top fifteen, you know, a top fifteen thrilling ride at Disney World. None of us have had the opportunity to ride it yet, so we didn't feel like we could accurately give you, you know, an assessment of the attraction. So just keep that in mind that that is why it was not on our list. It's not a knock at all on the attraction itself. Just we we weren't educated enough with personal experience to give you a, a fair shake on it. All right. Well, with that, I think that wraps it up. Let's go into the secret and trivia question for the week. What do we got this week, Tom? It's one of my favorite secrets, actually, that we have shared on the on the on the podcast. Because it was one where I hadn't heard it before I started doing some research for tonight's secret. Uh, so it's a little bit of a did you know. So obviously we, we talk about this a lot. Disney's clearly known for you know little things and details they add throughout their parks into the visitor experience. Uh, they are by far the best with the Disney difference. Uh, and so one of the fa- one of one of our favorites, uh, you know you know we love the World Showcase. So this one can be found in the UK. And when the bill it, it basically goes like this: when the pavilion was first built. It was deemed too clean. Uh, so Disney was trying to find a way to get the right theme. And so they painted soot on the chimneys to more accurately capture the essence of a typical British home around the time of Mary Poppins. So not only does it tie back into a Disney classic, but they also better represented the pavilion by doing that. So that's just, you know, I'm sure I've, I've noticed the soot, but I never really thought about why it was there. But I, th- I think that's a pretty neat secret. Did anybody know that one? I like it. I'd never heard that before. I, yeah, I didn't uh, know that one. That was good. The World Showcase is full, full of stuff like that. And so we'll make sure to keep bringing you pretty cool ones like that. Now, last week, our trivia question was, how many hotel rooms are on the Walt Disney World property and claimed as Disney resorts? Golly. Over 30,000 rooms. Think uh, about that for a second. 30, Think about that. 30,000 rooms. Yep. See, so a family of four. Let's just say, wow. So it's um, it's pretty extensive. And, then, and that does not include you know your good neighboring hotels. You know, in the Disney Springs area. These are Disney-owned resorts. The trivia question this week was brought to us by Pete. Uh, and it is, what real American town inspired Main Street USA? Uh, and and I'm, I don't want to give any hints because it may, it may help you out. But 
Uh, again, it's what real American talent inspired Main Street USA. You can tweet us at Podcast or email us at mendudwdw at gmail.com with your answers. So I'll give a hint. It's one of the 48 continental U.S. states. That's where the city resides. Yeah, not not Alaska or Hawaii. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah, hint. I just don't want people to like waste your time, you know, looking off continental. All right. Well, anything else? That's it for me. That's all I got. All right. Well, that's all we've got for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at MendoWDW Podcast. Any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendoww at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.